Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Value SaaS podcast, the show where we talk to founders about building capital-efficient SaaS businesses. In this episode, we spoke to Gagandeep Josan, head of solutions and industry at Watfix, a leader in helping enterprises drive digital adoption. In this conversation, Gagan and I actually spoke about how he got his job at Watfix. Before joining the company, Gagan was the CEO of Netiolearn, an LMS platform that helped businesses train and reskill distributed workforces. And earlier this year, Netiolearn was actually acquired by Watfix. And in this conversation, Gagan and I spoke about what it takes to make an acquisition happen. In the conversation, Gagan discussed how he and Netio's leadership team decided to pursue acquisition, what it takes to find an acquirer, and then what the actual legal and business process of acquisition looks like once you have identified an acquirer. A quick point to note, or actually two points to note before I drop you into the conversation. We recorded this interview way back in August, so keep that in mind when we discuss timelines. And also, I sincerely apologize for this, but the physical mute button on my mic wasn't working during this interview, as I found out after the interview was done. So while Gagan is talking, you are going to hear me say the word right a lot. I find it extremely annoying when podcasters do this, so I sincerely apologize for this. We've since fixed our mic. So this shouldn't be an issue in future episodes, but please bear with us for this episode. Anyways, that's enough from me. Here's the conversation. So I, I was not there uh, as, as a founding member of Netulan actually. So it, it was started by Arvind and my wife Ritu. Uh, both were looking to actually step out of uh, their corporate jobs in, in 2013. And that's when uh, I've been being from tech background and she being from the marketing background, I thought, okay. And we've been friends for very long. So uh, it kind of fitted in. So uh, they started it off as an ed tech uh, startup. So uh, tried uh, selling to schools in, in India. So basically it was about uh, helping teachers make their in-class learning uh, more interesting and, and so on. So it also evolved to then how, how do we make teaching quality better? So that, that was being tried. And that's when in around 2015 is when I, I jumped in. Um, and we ran that uh, similar line of thought uh, for some more time, for about a year more, uh, gave it quite some push and figured that it, it's not really resonating well uh, with the customers. Probably it was already too long uh, that we had tried this. So, so we pivoted at that point of time. And uh, the pivot was basically, uh, obviously one choice was that you just leave what is there and start something afresh, which was very scary. Uh, now looking back, I don't see why it should be in the overall scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, at that point, it's very scary, although you'll have some small revenue, but those customers and those revenues, somehow you hold them dear and you want, want, want that to be there, right? So you kind of, we thought that, okay, then let's uh, pivot just either the technology or the uh, market. And, and we, we had had enough exposure to the school market and we kind of knew what kind of technology was finding fancy there, but not too much interest there. So we said, okay, let's pivot the market. Let's get to corporate learning. We could pivot the technology there. So we made changes in the product. And that's how the learning uh, platform for corporate started off in 2000 and, uh, 2016. Uh, we were capital efficient purely probably by chance because we didn't really know uh, very well how to spend money. Even when we started getting, uh, we, when we had some good cash flow, I think the 
problem uh, was that actually figuring out in the indian market because we were kind of so 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 much focused on the indian market and not really getting the momentum which we were hoping for then um, luckily uh, i mean upekha happened uh, it it really i think brought around the structure to what we were doing and uh, from when we joined to let's say to to the point we sold which is about more a little more than two and a half years three years our kind of revenue uh, increased in in a range of uh, three and a half times or so so that wasn't bad actually uh, but uh, in at the beginning of the scr is when we were thinking then that how do we kind of really give it a flip and get it going much faster and and that's when basically this conversations around what's the next step what's the radical new thing to be done start right. okay so this starts off as an edtech startup and it's not resonating with with your target customer so you guys decide to pivot the market you're still going to create a tool that helps people teach and learn better but it's going to be focused more on the corporate sector mm-hmm. and by chance you guys are capital efficient and then once you join opeka the company grows 3x because it got everything a little more structured but then you again hit this other roadblock of trying to to expand outside of india and that's when conversations start around acquisition i'd be curious to know though were, were there any other options open to you at that point because being a capital efficient business being a part of a pekas all about optionality right what were the what did optionality look like to you actually at that point of time we were thinking of a couple of options uh, so one one thing was that it it was clear that if we continue on this path maybe it'll it, it'll continue growing at a slower pace and that's not very exciting so we surely had that change to do right and that natural change which upeka also quite advocates is obviously going to us and that is quite clear that has to be done now the we also realize that the business we are in basically the uh, learning management system uh, i mean it it it's quite uh, established category right there is uh, there are plenty of products a lot of competition and uh, there is a substantial uh, let's say emphasis and substantial effort needed in the go to market approach uh, which we would have to do in us you just it, it, it wasn't just a case of you know that uh, you could do it there was a new thing you were solving new problem or something right people are having certain tools to solve the similar problem right so although we believe we do some of those better right but uh that kind of a sustained gtm effort would require us to put in some capital let's say just raise some capital and do it uh it it would require that to to get the experts in uh in in order to start making something and and it would still probably take some uh, at least a year or so before you start getting some reasonable results right so that was one option raise some capital go that right and then the second was basically can uh, this the acquisition so that's when this acquisition talk uh, also started that can we just uh, pick up or get get on onto a boat which is already uh, in in an adjacent category or somewhat similar and then uh, get going there 
so those were the primary options and and then the third option also was that okay if we are not really wanting to do this and none of this is happening then how do we run it you learn so that we can sustain it and it becomes a capital generator and we can figure out a new thing to do Right. Okay. So, so actually, all three were on the table. Now, of the of these three options, what I find interesting about them is that the first, or the first and the third one that you talked about, raising some capital and doing the shift to the US yourself, and the third one, which is sort of getting Nitio in a place where it is a capital generating outfit that can give you essentially yeah. the way to, to to do something else. Those two are things that seem like the ball is in your court. Like you have to make the active decision to go go forward with either of those things. The one that stands out to me and the one that you guys ended up going with, acquisition, to me, someone on the outside who's never been part of an acquisition before, seems like something where the ball is in the other person's court, the acquirer's court. How does that cross your mind as an option? Did it cross your mind or is it something that came across you? Uh, frankly, at uh, this time, although that that's a thought which had come, Many times before, obviously, I guess it comes crosses all entrepreneurs' mind, but uh, it, it is also a kind of an established thing that, okay, below a certain revenue and so on, it doesn't make sense, people are not interested and so on and so forth. So the overall, let's say, the narrative around selling uh, 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 a, a business which, which is below a certain revenue threshold has been that, okay, it, it is very difficult. Why would people actually buy you unless it's an equity hire kind of a thing and, and so on, right? right? Uh, so uh, with that narrative was pretty popular and uh, therefore this thing wasn't actively in our mind till the time uh, uh, another founder friend suggested it actually that, okay, so is, is this something you are considering? And I, I mean, with I, I came up with all that previous narrative and then thought that, okay, why not give it a try? Okay, that, that makes sense. Now, continuing with this narrative arc. So you're at this point where you have to make this decision. Raise capital, do it yourself, turn it into a, turn it into a capital generating outfit that gives you the runway to do something else yourself or there's acquisition which a founder friend of yours suggests to you. What's the next step for you guys? So, so this, this is very important. Actually, I was writing about this for myself the other day. I probably will just publish a blog around this also. I think the, the best thing we set out to do is basically within a day, I created a deck and I knew there is this marketplace called Micro Acquire. See, one of the uh, hurdles, if you have to start doing this is where to even start. Right. What's that first step? You have to start networking. You have to start going out and meeting, or, or, or rather, reaching out to the people. If you haven't been doing that over a period of time, and you know, really, uh, kind of talking to your potential uh, acquirers over a long your journey, then you really start have to start from somewhere. How, how do you even approach that? And how do you get the courage to take such a big thing and how long will you give it and so on? So right. I think one, one thing which a platform like Micro Acquired did and was that it really gave me that what's that first step to be done. Right. Okay. So, I, so I just did that first step, right? I, I quickly in a day created a deck and, and put it over there. And to my surprise, I see in a few days, a lot of interest coming in. 
out of which actually at, at least there were three very serious conversations uh, which turned into also one one came across as a very serious offer then i, I mean it was ultimately it was between what fix and that offer which term sheet to decide uh, to take in and and it it was pretty decent although the terms were different from what uh, were, were with what fix so 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 that's how i started off being and what that did was once the ball started rolling and you have certain interest from other side the thought process changes but suddenly it's like okay something is happening right and and in this case uh, we we brought in rajan immediately of course that he, he's an expert in this so we thought okay now guide us through this we don't know this so uh, we had regular conversations not only conversations but also very much kind of a uh, meetings where he he was kind of you know guiding us through the as it guiding to it as a project plan so we created a pipeline and he said okay now that all this is happening let's see who all can we reach out to right and and that's how we started uh, reaching out to other people uh upekha connected to their network i reached out to my uh, other networks and there were uh, and, and this this could be other founder friends who who you trust or even let's say certain merchant bankers and so on who deal with these things who who by new and and all those also brought in a variety of conversations so and and we ran it like a pipeline as to what stage uh, these right. conversations are in and so on and yeah so so that's how that entire process panned out okay so you now get into this conversation with rajan and you treat it like a pipeline i find that i find that also very interesting because so in a sense it's kind of like selling a product right so actually i mean at this point of time since we kind of were uh, you know thinking of this as a very serious options uh, option and we we were we had to we, we were thinking of deciding of this against other things right uh, so probably this was the thing to do at this time but if if you think about it in in a larger context then that entire story of basically uh, uh making sure as you are building the business you are also making building your story and you are also involving the right set of stakeholders who can be nurtured over 2 3 4 years hopefully you have those few two or three uh, you know potential acquirers already you are in their eyes and so on i i really think that's that's probably the right way to go right. uh, but then at this point of time when when you are uh, let's say even in at, at a point when you have actually got some interest from somewhere right now the the thing is to maximize this also right i mean in maximize in in terms of uh, what's the best fit for everything right one part is obviously the deal size that's the most natural part but also what do i want to do in 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 future right do i want a deal where i can just give it away and walk off in two months three months uh, or would it be more interesting for me to be a part of this larger organization and get into a good role there also about the employees about about the team what what right. do they get out of it uh, right so then you start thinking of and that means you have to generate those options and what's the way to generate options and and uh, here again a huge credit to uh, rajan for uh, uh, kind of uh, you know instrumentalizing this entire thing uh, so uh, the that, that you need to reach out 
and and at this point of time when you have a uh, when you are thinking of closing things quickly it really cannot i mean these things won't happen over a cold outreach and and so on right. so basically you are looking at warm connects so uh, therefore whoever you know spread the word uh, a bit and then obviously unless you have the discipline of that pipeline management things will fall through right you need that follow ups you need the to get to the first stage the first conversation then they would like to look at your product then they would like to do the first level of uh, financials check and so on and so forth and before they even give you a term sheet um so you really don't want to drop a ball and that entire process is very similar to your sales process the 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 difference obviously being that you only need to sell this once so i have two follow up questions around this let's start with the first one one you were talking about this array of factors before you that you have to consider before you can settle on which company you're going to go with for an acquisition how much is the product fit between your your product and the product of the people who are acquiring you factor into your decision making i i guess pretty maybe it depends upon the individuals right so uh now right. here for example uh the nature of one offer could be that there is somebody who wants to actually take this business and they are in a business of kind of i mean that they are not a Uh, uh not your uh, pe company or something but they are in the in this thing about okay they really know how to sell in the us for example and they see uh, one of the reason for us getting so much of interest also was that online learning has been a craze for the last one one and a half years ever this since this work from home thing started so uh, almost everyone wants to do something uh, over there Right. Uh, so uh, so there are people who say that okay we know how to approach the us market this looks like a good product so you give it to us we will do some maybe there will be cosmetic changes here and there and some few things and we will take exactly this take it to market over there we will right. take your team but you need not be a part of it right so right. there the product would have been a, uh, it would have just continued right, right. uh to something like what fix where uh, as as you said there is a very natural fit of what the products do right right uh, but then again uh, whether and how the product gets uh, into the business landscape in in the acquirer depends on a lot of question uh, other other factors right it's because for for example do you actually for example want to as what fix uh, do you want to sell two separate product lines or do you want to bring them together now then when you are bringing them together uh, there are other uh, things you have to consider like the technology complexities right your stacks won't be same then you have to the way the products are in general engineered won't be this the same uh, so i would say that it's more about what's the value which your buyer is looking at from from this acquisition and obviously that right. determines the overall value and also one also so to us also the product by itself was not i mean it was no big deal whether as is the 100% of the product they had sold in from the acquirer or 50% and but what so but the overall let's say the packaged value of uh, of the team of the existing business existing customers and the product also uh i think it's it's a combination of all all of these three things uh, actually which which matter okay 
but that seems like it's that 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 would be what matters to them right the people who are acquiring correct but from your perspective like nitio is something you've worked on for 8 years right it's like it's your base like he what do you i mean is there isn't there a part of you that kind of wants to see it continue on in the form that it's in <laughs> or at least in a similar form that it's in uh i i think so to continue on actually having been in the industry also for a long time before this i have seen product come and go and and normal part of as a product manager also uh you start with let's say even when you start with a new product and plan for it and then do the gtm and then you are doing many versions uh, i have actually handled eols the end of lives of multiple products right and i So okay. somehow for me it's not a thing it, it is a part of a product life okay. cycle right that it has right. to be an end at some point of time and then something else comes in and takes over and this is something which where for example now in in what form it lives it is a different thing right in what fix for example uh, there could be that it just gets integrated fully in and it's uh living side by side uh, along with the product as as a, as a kind of a combined product it could be that certain things are picked and put together here right. uh, and and so on right there are, or or it could be that similar functionalities in a newer way are getting built here right okay yeah. but but that end of life is kind of a natural progression of 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 a product it's a very interesting way of looking at things it's almost a like it's a good way to approach everything it seems like almost a good way to approach death as well yes so another uh, nice kind of uh, analogy which another friend of mine uh, drew was that bringing both business and life together right so uh, there there are that there is a chapter of life and it has to offer certain learning to you right then if you actually say that yeah it it's given me a lot it you've actually learned a lot this no big deal in then closing that chapter and yeah. moving on to the next chapter wow i aspire to have your your I, your calmness you know I, i think most most of it will come with age i guess maybe yeah <laughs> maybe i hope so i hope so so the second follow up question that i had to to pull it back so you're going through this entire process of navigating this this acquisition you've put it up on micro acquire you've got interest now you're using your network to seek out other warm leads people who could be potential acquirers how do you also run a business at the same time because this seems like a full time job oh yes 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 that that's true i, I mean that's absolutely that was the most challenging and obviously that got ignored uh so one thing was that uh my while the tech team is is easy to manage there because you have some certain defined priorities right. and and your customers will also be keep you busy in certain ways um in a small uh, team where you 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 have only 3 4 5 sales and marketing kind of people you almost need a daily direction setting over there right and uh, i i mean that just got kind of uh totally waylaid uh on 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 this but then uh, there was uh, i mean once you are set out on this path you really have to uh, take that call right so uh, i i could only give broad directions and not really follow up on that 
uh, I think they, uh, I, I did tell them that I, we, we are pursuing what are some growth uh, uh, paths here. Uh, I think the natural assumption they took was maybe there is some funding round or something in the, in, uh, in the offering. Uh, but we all obviously didn't want to, uh, you know, spill the anything there unless things were finalized in to a certain extent. So I, I think there was a period of uh, quite some uh, ambiguity for them. And in all of this, uh, we even had a new, uh, our first content hire who joined in April right. uh, and, and coming into a little bit of a kind of a very ambiguous, not, not getting guided well. So, so felt, felt not so good about it. Um, so, so yes, the sales and marketing team really uh, did uh, have have a tough time in in that trying to figure out what's happening and what actually to do. They, they were, I think, it was more about it. It became more like going through the motions uh, uh, because I, I realized that unless uh, you as a founder are on it or as, as somebody who's responsible for a small team, it just doesn't work right. You you haven't set up uh, your business is not set up for that kind of yeah but it okay it's interesting to hear that they did they did actually get affected by 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 this by this acquisition another thing i'm i'm wondering is it's it seems like it's a very hard task to keep it under wraps like you're doing this entire thing on the back end but you you can't tell anyone on the team and you have to sort of you have to act like it everything is normal yeah uh, so I, I think obviously you have to kind of, uh, I, at least as I said, I, I mentioned to the team that I'm quite busy uh, trying to figure out some radical next steps. So uh, that, that that was at least the reason, but they were quite unclear on what it was. But even when, uh, let's say, then the once, once the term sheet was signed and we were uh, into this, then... Uh, and, and it was clear that due diligence does take time. It will take one and a half months or so at least. So, uh, but we did tell the team quite well in advance before the deal signing quite a few weeks before that and uh, asked them to keep it under wraps. Uh, it, it somehow, I, I think it's a question of uh, maybe they talked to somebody, maybe they didn't, but obviously whoever they talked to, it really didn't matter. So it, it's a question of if you are trusting somebody with certain information, uh, and you kind of trust them to hold that, that even whoever they tell is okay. It, it won't right. be kind of, you know, uh, so we kind of, we, we, we at, at a certain point, we really had to then, uh, tell them. Right. So, yeah, so it wasn't easy, but happened. What does that conversation look like? How do you break it to a team that they're being acquired? Oh, okay. So Yeah. So after a week or two of uh, signing the term sheet and uh, due diligence is underway and uh, that's when we decided to announce and uh, called for a, an, an all hands. Uh, and, and in that all hands basically then uh, shared the news. Obvious, the, the obvious part was also giving the uh, giving the background and, and the reason for what we are doing and also what lies beyond for uh, for them right in, individually so what we did was we had uh, uh, an all hand session and immediately since we are just about 12 people team and so on so 
immediately followed following that for that entire day we had a half an hour conversation uh, both me and arvin together with each and every person uh, to basically uh, answer their questions get into details with them so that that entire day was basically dedicated to that and obviously then also telling them that okay on this point ping me at any time whatever confusion whatever doubt you have uh, and i'll be happy to uh, speak so obviously people take it uh, different people take it in different ways uh, this news uh, but yeah that was our approach we've honestly digressed so much from what i'd planned and i you know i got on a call with rajan before this to talk about what we'll discuss in this soon. but let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what the actual acquisition process looks like so we talked about how the how acquisition starts how that conversation starts how you reach that point and then on the team side how you navigate managing a business running a business as well as seeking out acquisition and then how you break it to your team as well but then now you you've signed a term sheet and as you said this process began what in in march um so uh, we started that micro micro acquire listing happened in march i think this calls with what fix probably started in april yeah i think beginning april or something like that okay so your calls with what fix start in april yeah and we're talking now in august what does that what does that four months look like what are you doing in that four months right so so specifically what happens is that uh, um, there are there were three or four calls before uh, what what fix decided to offer a term sheet right and those calls uh, with with khadim with khadim and wara and then with their uh, a, a few a uh, few more people who wanted to then uh, do a, a product vetting uh at and and see really what kind of capabilities are there in the product uh have a chat with me and arvind also to figure out what do we bring uh to the table right so uh, so there were these three or four conversations which happened over a couple of weeks uh which were before even you know reach uh the thing about that okay what's the about towards the term sheet so obviously a part of it is uh getting to the Uh, the the value uh, the negotiation on our uh, on on the value itself the overall the broader contours of the deal so right. so in this case let's say the cash and stock kind of a thing um so you set up the broader co- contours and you agree to it and then uh, you say that okay let's make the term sheet so they uh, obviously have uh, agencies uh, legal agencies and so on who work Uh, on on this they have internal teams also who help them on this right so uh, and and typically this is driven by uh, an m&a specialist on on the uh, on the acquirer side right who's kind of project managing all of this and also scouting for any uh, uh, relevant acquisitions at any time so uh, then basically you come to uh, penning down on the term sheet and uh, that was actually quite a challenging process because in the end what you write in term sheet is what gets uh, executed and your final agreement is kind of taken up from what you have written in the term sheet and then you realize when you are penning down in the term sheet that how 
different uh, differently you can interpret and and implement those broad contours of the deals which you had thought about right so so a version of the term sheet would come and and then you would certain certainly right yeah okay we talked about this but this is not the way it should be <laughs> that doesn't make sense so a lot of to and fro happens and which in effect is negotiation right because obviously the other side also suppose has some suppositions assumptions on how how this has to be so so that that goes on uh, that went on for considerable time and people who have been raising funds i think they would be uh, quite well aware of uh, the entire term sheet thing here here it probably might have might be covering even a few more things right it's probably a little more complicated than even uh, just that but i can imagine once you are raising a couple of rounds after that it kept becomes quite difficult to do that but then uh, what happens also is here since it's just me and arvin we we are kind of having to do that entire thing so we also involve uh, an external counsel who uh, who's counseling us on legal and uh, the financial due diligence path also after after the term sheet so we also involve them um so that's still the term sheet basically it, it that was quite a challenging thing uh, in in terms of bandwidth in terms of also just the emotional energy it takes to do those negotiations back and forth um post that uh, basically starts the really uh, you know that due diligence process uh, which is a laborious process basically and uh, Uh, if you are a large enough team, have somebody who's been managing the bulk of the finance and compliances for you. Hopefully, they can pick up a big, a big part of the burden. But in in this case, although we had uh, accountants who've been doing some account accounting for us and so on and and outsource compliances, but basically, you are the only two people who actually can furnish data which is needed in in the way it is right. So. uh so there was a period of a few weeks then which which was quite intense in terms of weekdays and weekends and and uh the, as i said we had these this council external council who was also then helping us with like we would give them data they would then prepare it and so on to send, send it to uh to to whatfix consultants and and uh, both financial and legal ones so that took uh another at least a month month and a half to kind of finalize and as part of that again when when you are kind of you know uh, due diligence went fine thankfully uh, there were no red flags at all uh, so that 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 was good because we realized how uh, difficult it is in 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 a sense the kind of things the data which you have to furnish the compliance processes and so on which you have to say that you have been following this for the last 8 years for 6 years then uh, really proving that how do you prove that and then there would be some mismatch between one document saying something another document saying something else because the indian government just wants you to sign a lot of documents saying similar stuff uh, so uh that that was actually that went well one, one thing which we worked by the way in all this in our favor was that uh, whatfix is headquartered in india so uh, we didn't really have to think of any kind of a cross border uh deal thing right. right so that that it was an indian entity acquiring an indian entity right 
Yep. So that that's how the DD process went, and then in in the end, basically culminating in uh, finalizing what's known then as a share purchase agreement and the related things. And and it's been a tremendous learning, right? This entire last four five months has been tremendous learning. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's crazy because for the last eight years, you Arvind, and then before you joined and. Even while you were there, a little bit, your wife have all been working on this learning management system. You're steeped in the world of learning management, yeah. And of course, SaaS marketing, SaaS sales, what what it takes to run a SaaS business. But mergers and acquisitions is like a whole field in and of itself. So you have to overnight become an expert in this. Almost it seems. <laughs> so how do you do that? Like, is it do? You, is there a book that you have to read for this? <laughs> uh, I I don't know what would be the answer to how do you do that. I can only tell what I did, and and actually uh, I think again uh, one key point there is having somebody who knows this as, as your uh, guide and some well wisher is is helped a lot. So obviously Upekha Rajan specifically helped a lot, and. i also leaned upon a few of my friends uh, who have either uh, you know been in a similar place or have also uh, been for example uh, you know a friend of mine uh, samir he used to run uh, what was probably the first accelerator startup accelerator in india called morpheus Right. Uh, and uh, so so he he also knows this so i leaned upon him in in many of the things and then uh, what happens is when when you are kind of let's say even if you are directly leaning upon one or two people uh and they might not have all the answers uh they also have their network of people with whom you can have a discussion with on specific points right uh, right so uh i think the way we could navigate these waters was basically uh, through through leaning on people and, and okay very importantly i mean although none of the other upekha founders uh, obviously uh, have gone through this yet uh, but there are a few with whom i uh, have always had regular calls and i continued to have uh, during this a couple of them i shared it pretty early on that this is happening and then uh i i mean they don't have their own experience on this but it, it just kind of helps that you have somebody known with whom you are kind of sounding out certain things yeah oh i'm so glad that you plugged opeka over there because it would have been embarrassing if we finished the call and i was like hey can i record you plugging opeka and then <laughs> but the fact that you did it on your own fantastic uh okay the most i okay this is what i think is the most interesting part of this acquisition okay so now everything is done and it's been announced what does that feel like is it crazy are you like constantly on interviews is your day completely filled up where you're constantly fielding questions from press constantly fielding questions from i don't know who else is out there who wants to know about the intricacies of of how this acquisition happens you i mean you're fielding emails from me at least Three emails from me at least three times last week to get this on the books. So what does that process look like, and is it exciting? I, okay, I, I'm I'm feeling the word exciting over there. I imagine that it's exciting. What what was it like for you? Actually, I mean, this is unlike a Facebook 
acquiring uh, you know what did they acquire instagram uh, <laughs> and so uh, and unlike that this this uh, i mean it, uh, th this is that way no comparison right so it's not that uh, people are out to kind of uh, uh, you know and really learn there, there are no let's say if, if just at the face of it probably yeah botfix itself has a lot of stuff to give to press anyway they have exciting things going on right uh, and this acquisition in itself is is a kind of a part of that is how i see the let's say the media handling it right they probably uh, do not have too much of i mean there's nothing glamorous or sexy around this kind of a uh, acquisition which 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 is of a small comp smaller company and so on although it it is just as exciting for us right right <laughs> yeah so so uh, so that way it's been uh, i mean it, it's uh, it's been just normal stuff so put your head down and uh, kind of uh, figure out the next things to do uh most of the time it it's been that uh yeah but it is exciting nonetheless uh going through that entire process and uh, even let's say see there are people who understand uh the significance of this the uh, for example in what fix whether it's the leadership team or when it was announced then after a couple of weeks to the entire uh, uh to the entire what fix team uh and and then there you get that excitement there are people who understand uh, that okay this there is some significance to this and uh, same let's say for founder friends for example right uh not not the press in general right <laughs> yeah i mean i did see some press coverage but at the end of the day you're right i mean b2b saas i always i've definitely talked to ish about this before but at the end of the day in b2b saas as exciting as i find my job we're selling really boring products yeah like we're selling products that businesses use yeah. to operate yeah. which to the average person out there who's not a freak like you or me is very boring yeah absolutely so unless the financials are very exciting let's say a public company is buying another large big growing company and then those right. financials are very exciting big ones that's when people get interested right oh but even then i mean like salesforce acquired slack and i remember seeing whole conversations on twitter of people trying to understand what salesforce does right <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but i am guessing this will change so i, I mean and and again uh, uh, the indian circle itself right the number of companies are uh, the saas companies has increased a lot in the last few years right and uh, although we don't hear of too many saas acquisitions but just my sense is it's kind of a tipping point i i, I think in the coming uh, years probably next 3 4 5 years lots more will be happening I have a very similar feeling. I feel like it's yeah, definitely next three, four, five years we're definitely going to see be seeing more acquisitions and more bigger acquisitions as well. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I think that now I've finally gotten all of my questions out except one. You mentioned mm -hmm. it's not 
it's not it's exciting when you're interacting with the what fix team it's exciting when you're interacting with what fix leadership it's exciting when you're interacting with founders but it's a b2b saas company acquiring another b2b saas company there's not that much glitz or glamour around it like facebook acquiring instagram so you just put your head down and you focus on what's next so what is next like what do you what do you do post acquisition what is what does gagan do post acquisition right so um i think so in this case what's happening is uh, arvin was very keen to again focus on just on technology bit uh, do the architecting bit and and so on that's what he loves that's where he gets the energy from uh so that is how his future looks and um there is uh, for for me i have basically uh taken up a role of uh, uh starting off some new product lines uh and uh, this is at whatfix at whatfix yes so both of us are uh, going to be there and and the reason for that also is that we are kind of uh, in 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 parallel also figuring out as i said the in combined roadmap because there is already a like whatever so whatfix also has certain training functionalities which are pretty small compared to a learning management system but there are product management and so on is already there so the idea is basically to shift that entire uh, business product focus to those those teams and uh, uh, for for netio learn and uh, i am more looking at newer stuff and uh, arvind also is looking at a more wider role uh, than just this do you think that you'll ever start another b2b saas company somewhere down the line at least that's the current plan yes so uh, in in fact uh, the uh, idea is to uh, I, i think there's a tremendous amount of things to learn over here so uh, just seeing the mechanics of an organization which is growing at a stupendous pace uh, and the way the scaling is being done this this is another different kind of learning from what i have done in the past whether in my corporate life or in in the nitio learn part right so uh the so so this itself is is looking very uh, exciting so the idea is to basically do have a lot of learning in in the next some years and then yes hmm. and last question how's the how do you anticipate the adjustment is going to be to go from being a founder where you're, you know putting out fires everywhere doing everything wearing a million um, hats every day too working at a large, larger organization right and and i i mean obviously that does make a big difference right i mean you are taking decisions day in day out uh, and you're kind of your own boss in in the sense and uh, there is nobody to uh, report to at least uh right so although that changes the stakeholders you have to do that stakeholder management you you have obviously expectations from people you report to and so on so it does change uh significantly but then again see one of the things which uh which is exciting uh here at whatfix as it is looking is that uh there is an expectation that when uh, there are founders 
coming in they perform uh, founder like roles which which basically is that stepping out of let's say what a normal role would be and questioning stuff which which is uh, going on right. so uh, and and i see that uh, I, i mean that that that's how i understand so there 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 are chances to kind of play those roles i'm also uh, in getting into a kind of a role which which has those uh which which has those kind of things built in uh so the stage of the company is such here also that it it's you you need to be just uh, you know uh, doing a lot of stuff it's just not sufficient to just be but but at the same time as you said right it's still lots more specialized right so it's going to be crazy but just a different sort of crazy different sort of crazy yes absolutely <laughs> But I think okay, I think that's a good good place to end this conversation. A different sort of crazy. Thanks for talking to me, Gagan. Thanks, Anna. Pleasure speaking with you again. Well, that's the show, folks. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe and rate this podcast on your preferred podcasting app. Thanks for listening, and keep a lookout for the next episode.